Now, the founder of the Ocean Recovery Alliance, Doug Woodring, comes on to Trash Talk this week to tell Marcy Trent Long about Lego not adopting recycled plastics into their materials and the negotiations on the UN Global Plastic Treaty. Hey, Trash Talk listeners. Did anyone besides me have a household of Lego bricks around when their kids were little? The good news is that those Lego bricks last a really long time, and I pass them around between my families and friends for reuse. But it seems like Lego would be the perfect toy to use recycled plastic as its base ingredient. But there was an announcement last week by Lego The company is not planning on using recycled plastic for its Lego bricks, and it's sticking with virgin or new plastic only. This was a big disappointment for me, and I hope all trash talkers. So I've asked Doug Woodring, founder of Ocean Recovery Alliance here in Hong Kong, who first alerted me of the Lego announcement, to come into the studio and talk about Lego's decision and what it means for recycled plastic and plastic pollution here in Asia. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for coming in, Doug, to tell me about it. Thanks, Marcy. Good to see you again. It's good to see you always. You're off of a boat, shocking, and you're out of the out of the water. I normally see you in the water. Right. It's been <laughs> hot. It's been hot. So Lego announced that after more than two years of testing, it's not able to use recycled plastic to make the Legos. What does that say about the market for recycled plastic? Uh, Well, this is a bit of a technical question. They've actually been working on this for five or six years that I know of, and Uh, they've tried a long time to use biomaterial. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, So, you know, they have a lot of R&D. They have a big budget that a lot of toy companies or other companies don't have or wouldn't use. So it's kind of a bad story because if anyone can do it, they should be able to. Yeah. But this is a performance issue they they claim that the performance of the product the legos is not as good when it has recycled content in it really the sad thing is is that they use climate change and carbon emissions as the excuse of not to go forward right if you read between the lines what it most likely means is that the use of recycled content uh was potentially expensive for them. They had to retool all their machinery. They were going to use PET, which is in high demand from Coke and Pepsi and all the bottlers, Nestle and Adidas and Nike for fabric. And the world does not have a good collection system for recycled uh, content for bottle, Mm. even though bottles are the easiest in the world to recycle. Right. So the prices are therefore very variable. Right. And um, if you're planning to make a billion Legos a year or whatever the number is, you, and you have to use recycled content, you're at the mercy of the price of that recycled content. But because the world is so concerned about climate change, quote right. unquote, it is. that people lose the broader fact of uh, another second biggest pollution issue, which is plastic. And if you're not absorbing plastic into new products, then this is a very bad and sad story for the potential for recycling and plastic pollution because they're trying to get away from the cost issue by claiming that there's more carbon emissions, not from using the plastic itself 
as a recycled material, but from the retooling and the machinery and maybe some new chemicals for the mixture. Yeah, exactly. Um, and when, when you look at the data, uh, recycled plastic, it depends how you count it, but saves 70 to 90% in energy if yeah. you're using that in a product versus virgin material because well, you're not extracting again and you're not doing all of that. Um, so they're not doing a cradle-to-grave analysis. Not sure, probably, but they, they know. Well, I'm... Who knows? Can't. Sorry. Yeah. So the point is that we should not all be only thinking about climate change as the main issue. When people are looking at dirty rivers and can't drink the water and getting health problems from plastic pollution and water pollution, that, that that's not because they think about carbon and climate change. It's because they have a direct impact from garbage. Exactly. And if we don't have a demand to use that waste in a secondary manner, then we're not going to solve this problem anytime soon. Right. Okay. And more on that later and your work on that. But before that, you went to the last, the UN is negotiating the, a global plastic treaty. You went to the last meetings, as far as I understand. And then you've also put in a comment, thank you very much, Ocean Recovery Alliance, that they should be looking at a global framework for the circular economy and that they should also maybe consider changing and amending some existing agreements like the Basel Convention that inhibit the trade of recycled plastic. So maybe you could just explain that. A yeah, more. so they're trying to, in just two years, create a plastic treaty in the UN. Uh, over 180 countries voted that they want to do this, uh, much like the climate agreement. Two years is very quick for a UN agreement to be negotiated. But um, most people are looking at punitive measures, uh, reductions, taxes, um, extended producer responsibility laws. But none of these things uh, focus on recycling or the use of the existing inventory in the world today. Inventory meaning all of the waste. Mm. And you're, there's no way we're going to go from zero to 100 in one day. So we're going to have decades of plastic as we need it for food packaging and of course, you can get rid of the easy things, but there's many, many, many things, including your microphones and speakers and tables and chairs that someday have to get recycled or reused. And so with a global circular economy that everyone talks about, um, the Basel Agreement came along two years ago and said, We're, we don't want to trade waste and waste plastic. Now, of course, no one wants to trade waste plastic. But the uh, feeling on the street and in the press was that this new agreement meant you can't trade plastic almost at all for recycling. That's not true. The Basel Agreement is not meant to stop trade. It's meant to stop bad trade, right. bad, bad waste, which was going unnoticed and unchecked. And, and that's fair. But the problem is the press and the, a lot of environmental groups just... Um, put the two words together and think plastic is waste and it's bad and therefore right. you can't trade and therefore you're forcing every single country to have its own circular economy. Yeah. It's not global. If you can't move it like copper or zinc or ore or corn or sugar from country to country to some grow it, some process it, some create products with it. Then you've got countries that have no infrastructure, no capacities, and not very likely to have that infrastructure capacity for many, many years to come. Hmm. We're, um, we're not able to collect it out of their areas and get it to the brands, like a Lego, 
who needs huge volumes of good quality, regular material. And if you don't have that trade, then we will not have good, high quality, voluminous recycling. And that's what we believe is completely missing in the discussions in the plastic treaty. Right, because back when we actually celebrated at the beginning when the Basel Convention, which trash talkers labeled plastic waste as hazardous, right? So then it had to go through certain approvals in order to be shipped around. Right. The problem is that the Basel Agreement itself, like the Plastic Treaty, was also written very quickly, two years, three years, usually takes 10. The wording is very nebulous. The definitions are nebulous. So for country to country, the definition of what is allowable and not allowable is almost up for your own um, interpretation interpretation and decision-making. So. Uh, many governments, uh, Vietnam is one example, they say would they, you can only bring in plastic that's 0.001% contaminated, which is almost completely impossible. Yeah. That... So, so therefore, uh, you know, they try to do good, but they don't understand that you need a variance level there of 1%, 2%, 3%, 5% to allow these batches to come in and uh, properly process it. You're then saving... 98% of the world's problem in that one shipment of plastic. Right. The other 2% can go to something else. It can go into concrete or asphalt or other uses that are now possible for mixed dirty plastic. Mm-hmm. You're not shipping, you know, the hazardous garbage. Right. Those You're days not have shipping changed. the unsorted waste. Right. Yeah. That's the key. And, and the world really uh, has focused on that these days, and the customs officials are looking for it. But they went, they overshot. And so now a lot of governments just put their hands up and say, no, 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 we don't want to buy it. Mm. We don't want to let it be sold. Okay, even if it's in... That's closed all the borders in many ways. For trash talkers, most of the movement of this recycled plastic is in either pellet form or flakes or... Correct. Pellet and flake is okay, actually, because it's already semi-processed and clean. But they would still try to measure it for... Well, sometimes they do, but Mm. but you need the feedstock to make the pellet and the flake. Mm. And the point is not all the countries have pellet and flaking... Um, operations. Hong Kong did, didn't Doesn't. even have it until oh, it will, yes, you know, recently. <laughs> so um, because we didn't need it, we could ship it to China, where they had a lot of labor and sorting and manufacturing to absorb it. Right. Um, but the problem is, most countries will not have this technology for a long time, and or they can't collect it. And if you can't collect it, this is the chicken and egg problem. If mm. you have no feedstock. Your machinery doesn't work, and no one wants to invest in the machinery. And that's one of the challenges here. Yeah, we're facing with, with that right new, now. With the new operations, uh, you can't get your hands on the bottles exactly. to be processed. And that is really the global challenge. It's actually not even one of technology. It's one of society and societal changes and the way you get people motivated to collect and pick up and sort and pull out the contamination or not even have it to begin with. Right. So on that note, you're doing all these great things in Cambodia and Indonesia, right? Right. Maybe tell us about that because it, it it's interesting because you were, the last time I talked to you, you were doing a global plastic recycling exchange, which was very macro, right? right. And now you've kind of, it's kind of like you said, ah, 
I'm going back to where it really happens. Well, you can start the macro. The you need the trade, which is what we just talked about. You know, all the brands uh, have made commitments for 20 to 30% recycled content in the next three to five years. I and there's a, a six million ton shortfall of material because you can't get your hands on it. There's no right. supply chain. So therefore, you go back to the starting point, which is the villages. Mm. Very difficult to make big, good changes in cities because everything is already contracted out. There's already waste haulers. There's already uh, the whole system is, quote, unquote, un in place and working when actually it's not. But it's very hard to change that. If you go to villages where they have zero, uh, very e much easier to show an impact and show how a jurisdiction can change across the whole jurisdiction and that's what mm. we're doing in Cambodia and Indonesia taking a whole village of three five thousand people and getting them motivated around a new way to do the collection of plastic from their house no food waste no paper glass metal just plastic it's called harvest plastic like harvesting rice great and that's in Cambodia and in Indonesia that's right. right all right so trash talkers you got to look on ocean recovery alliance i'm sure their website facebook etc doug woodring is hosting up some of his activities which is pretty exciting and hopefully we'll have more plastic recycling plants and a global framework for all the great work you're doing thank you very much thank great you. to be here You can find all the Trash Talk episodes on iTunes and the RTHK On The Go app. Thanks to our partners, Plastic Free Seas. If you like what you hear, I also host the Sustainable Asia podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube for a more in-depth look at sustainability issues here in Asia. And that was the founder of the Ocean Recovery Alliance, Doug Woodring, talking to Marcy Trent Long on Trash Talk about Lego not adopting recycled plastics into their materials and the negotiations on the UN Global Plastic Treaty.